Hello, I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Find out how RAIN can help you stay ahead of global events at rainnetwork.com. This is RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, your go-to source for quick and reliable geopolitical intelligence. I'm Emily Donahue, and I welcome you. Malaysia sits in the South China Sea, not too far from Indonesia, Vietnam, the Philippines, and pretty deep in China's shadow. The country's had three prime ministers since 2018, and it is holding a new election. At stake is the country's rule of law, some say. Here with details is Nate Fischler, Reigns Asia Pacific analyst. Welcome to the podcast, Nate. Hi, Emily. It's great to be here. Thanks for the welcome. What is actually happening when it comes to this election in Malaysia? Um, sure. Well, I'll speak a little bit about why it might be important. Um, as you mentioned, Malaysia is a, a middle power. It's in a key strategic region, and that carries with it some interesting implications. Um, first, it serves as a bridge country, both geographically and in terms of supply chains. So the country's positioning, you know, between the Indian and Pacific Oceans and adjacency to the key shipping lanes of the Straits of Malacca and South China Sea. Um, and in the latter case, that's the site of, a, of course, a major intractable maritime claims dispute between multiple countries. Um, <clears throat> that broadly means that a degree of political stability is desirable uh, for both foreign investors and the international community uh, broadly. So as larger countries like China, the United States, and India continue to place additional emphasis on, on the region as a whole, that creates some importance for Malaysia. Um, from an economic perspective, the country is a, a key link in green energy supply chains, as well as semiconductor supply chains. Um, Malaysia is a major assembly, testing, and packaging location for semiconductors. So given, in particular, U.S. efforts recently to reshore high-end semiconductor fabrication plants, um, Malaysia's positioning makes it an important stop in semiconductor supply chains, as the U.S. and other countries will need more assembly and testing sites amid global competition in the key strategic sector. The country is also a major refiner of strategic minerals and is one of the few countries that constitutes a reliable alternative to China in that sector. And given Chinese dominance in rare earths and intensified competition broadly between China and the West, specifically in semiconductors, Malaysia stands in a potentially valuable position where it can benefit from the deepening competition of larger powers. So Malaysia is a target of both U.S. and Chinese interests, but I should say... The country's reckoning with ongoing political instability has been forcing it to look inwardly. So the focus for outside observers should be whether the country will be able to rectify that in this election, which is a now longstanding issue, or not. So, Nate, having said that, what do you expect to come out of this election? Well, sure. Um, I mean, to give some, I, I should give some brief background first. So as you mentioned at the top, the country has been in a period of political instability since 2018. That's when the Barisian Nacional coalition was electorally defeated by the Pakatan Harapan coalition. Um, of course, Barisian Nacional is dominated by UMNO, which is the United Malay National Organization Party. 
And that party had been in power consecutively since the country achieved independence in 1957 until that electoral loss in 2018. So in that period, um, UMNO leading its coalitions provided a high degree of political stability during its long stay atop the government. Um, but in 2018, the winning Pakatan Harapan coalition fell apart after only 22 months of governing due to infighting and party defections. And this really set the uh, the stage for the ongoing period of political instability that the country is going through now. In the intervening period, uh, Brisian Nacional, led by UMNO, was able to climb back into power with a razor-thin four-seat majority. Um, the parliament's five-year term was set to expire in July 2023, next year, but UMNO, now back in power, decided to dissolve parliament last month and call an early election um, in the hopes of expanding its slim majority, given the dysfunction and disunity of op opposition coalitions, you know, among other considerations. Uh, but that may have been a miscalculation. Uh, polls are now showing that the coalition is not only struggling, but in fact losing by some metrics. So as it stands, um, it is becoming increasingly unlikely that any of the three major frontrunner coalitions will actually be able to secure the 112-seat majority needed to outright form a government. Um, this sort of portends a, a possible hung parliament, first of all, and a continuation of the country's now years-long period of political instability. Um, it is clear that the days of UMNO's unassailable political dominance are over, yet its coalition still remains the only one with enough clout and a deep enough patronage network to likely be able to form a government given how split the electorate is. So, you know, in short, the prospects for political stability remain slim coming out of this election, um, but a Barisian Nacional slash UMNO victory does provide the best chance for that of happening, even as that coalition deals with lingering corruption scandals and an inter-party power struggle between the incumbent prime minister and the party leader, which could ultimately affect who becomes the prime minister in the next government. That's still not particularly clear. Um, a victory by either of the other two coalitions would even more likely portend a weak governing coalition, vulnerable to outside maneuvering and probably further political instability. So then let me ask you this. If that election does not result in a stabilized democracy, I guess I would say. What does that mean for key supply chains? Sure. So a, a weak governing coalition will almost certainly mean that the country will continue to focus most stridently on its many domestic issues. Um, the country is dealing with a pretty significant depreciation of the ringgit, which is its, its currency, as well as inflation, other economic hardships, and these have really been the front and center issues during this campaign. Um, there's also an ongoing struggle with respect to the country's judiciary. Um, it was recently the the court, the high court, recently convicted and imprisoned former Prime Minister Najib Razak in a high-profile corruption scandal, which was an unprecedented demonstration of uh, judicial independence we hadn't seen before. Um, yet. An outright Brisian Nacional victory, despite being the best chance at political stability, would likely lead to a reversion of newfound judicial independence, and attempts to meddle in the justice system would likely return, given that 
several high-profile UMNO members, including the party leader, still have pending corruption-related charges in court. So the likely scenarios laid out here uh, will make it more difficult for investors to make long-term commitments in the country and will create a degree of uncertainty around those key sectors and supply chains uh, we mentioned, namely green energy, rare earth minerals, and semiconductors. Uh, however, we do still expect that attracting foreign investment will remain a priority for whoever the incoming government will be. As the economy does continue to grow, they want to alleviate some of the economic pain by attracting more foreign investment and creating more high-income jobs. Um, and on the foreign policy front, if I can go there, not much is likely to change the country's baseline situation as it stands in the middle of U.S.-China competition. Any incoming government will likely continue to try to maintain the delicate balance that has been struck, um, which has Malaysia as a, a strong economic partner of China and a willing security partner of the United States. However, again, returning to the topic of political stability, Malaysia's likely inability to look outwardly, um, given the election results, will diminish its ability to act as one of the major countries trying to shape the region and the direction of the regional bloc specifically, which is the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, or ASEAN. Um, ASEAN, on the whole, is attempting to reassert itself as a unified bloc and emerge as a more prestigious grouping, as it has become a, a key front, really, in great power competition. But dysfunction in member states' governments like Malaysia's will make that prospect more difficult. Uh, broadly speaking, at a time of global reordering, with Malaysia sitting as a key middle power straddling key supply chains in a strategically important region, its inability to focus on an outward-looking role will broadly limit its ability to capitalize on this moment. Wow, so no, no small issues at stake Thank you so much for that analysis, Nate. Thank you, Emily. Nate Fischler is an analyst with RAIN. He provides RAIN clients with geopolitical and threat analysis focusing on the Asia-Pacific. You can read his work in RAIN Worldview, our risk intelligence app for professionals, and in our consumer publication, which offers objective geopolitical analysis and intelligence covering the global landscape. Find out more about RAIN's industry-leading risk management tools and support, including RAIN Worldview, at RAINNetwork.com. That's R-A-N-E-Network.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.